Welcome to Engineering Influence Podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. And one of the things that we have been working very hard at here at ACEC is trying to get out the word about the essential value that engineering delivers to society, the economy, and really the nation at large. And one way to do that is to put a spotlight on the projects that our member firms produce on a regular basis. Now, to do that, we have amplified our voice by inviting two other organizations to join us on this effort, the American Public Works Association, the American Society of Civil Engineers. And to talk about this Engineering and Public Works Roadshow, we're very pleased today to be joined by the executives from all three of these organizations, of course, starting with our own president and CEO, Linda Bauer-Darr, as well as CEO of the American Public Works Association, Scott Grayson, and Tom Smith, the Executive Director of the American Society of Civil Engineers. To start this conversation off, Linda, I'd like to start with you, because really, the idea for the Roadshow really started in your mind. How did the idea come together for for this project? You know, um, so I'm coming up on almost five years now here at ACEC, and I just remember very well doing the research uh, as I was going in for the search and the interview process, and the thing that kept coming up was the essentiality of engineering. And I remember thinking, why would anyone question the essentiality of engineering? And then obviously, the more I got to know our membership after going through the process, working with our board and our executive committee, it's becoming very clear to me that the essentiality of engineering is central to all the challenges that we're facing as a profession and as an industry, whether it has to do with um, the talent pipeline and trying to be able to recruit and attract talent, um, whether it has to do with um, how we're being paid for the essential work that we're doing and whether or not the clients value at the level that they should um, the profession of engineering. Um, And then also, obviously, the policymakers. We are about trying to influence policymakers Mm -hmm in a very positive way to allow us as the engineering industry to solve some of the world's most pressing problems. And so we need you to be supportive and not create hindrances to our success because that success is really the world's success, the planet's success, and certainly our nation's success. And, and Tom, I want to kick it over to you to start off and, and kind of ask the question of why, why is now, uh, in your mind, you know, the time to start this project up? Why were you enthusiastic to join in with this, with this idea? Well, you know, following up on Linda's comments, I mean, looking at the challenges that are facing the world and certainly facing the country uh, relative to infrastructure, looking at things like climate change, extreme weather, uh, there are a lot of things that we're facing right now. And and we have an infrastructure uh, system that is much of it nearing the end of its useful life. So, you know, we came out with a report card on America's infrastructure in 2021. Uh, We saw a slight increase over the last 20 years. It went to a C minus, certainly nothing to be proud of, uh, but recognizing there's a lot of work to be done. And as we talked, you know, we realized no one organization can really address this alone. And it requires, you know, a really a culture change where people understand how essential, as Linda referenced, uh, civil engineering is and public works and our infrastructure. A lot of times our infrastructure is, uh, you know, out of sight and out of mind. Sometimes it's really in sight and in mind when you're sitting in traffic for hours on end. Uh, but I think our we've really, I, th- I think we've turned a corner where the public understands the importance of our infrastructure. Policymakers 
understood the importance of our infrastructure. It was just how do we get it over the finish line? And the finish line ended up just being the starting line with the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, the Inflation Reduction Act, the Chips and Science Act. We all kind of came together here advocating for these things, the three of our organizations. And that's why this roadshow is so important. So now that we have got some investment infrastructure, we've got to make sure we do it right. You know, we're now investing in building for the next 100 years. So we have to make sure we're doing it properly. And also, by the way, we have a lot more investment that's needed. So we're staying together, advocating, make sure the public understands the importance of the infrastructure and the work that, we do, that, that engineers and public works professionals do. And we can do that more effectively together. And Scott, you know, what's your take on that? And also kind of what's the significance in your mind about these three organizations coming together now? Uh, you know, it, it really, it's, it's all three of the main leading organizations in the built environment. So, you know, you know, why is it the right time and what's the significance? Thanks so much. So I'll start with part one, and, and I would echo what my colleague said. Um, whole, wholeheartedly agree with, with that. A lot of our organizations have spent years lobbying Congress and other agencies speaking about infrastructure. And what, what I often speak about is that uh, we're the ones that know what's happening underneath your streets. And uh, if, if it's out of, so out of sight, out of mind, there, there's not a lot of passion about funding infrastructure. And we finally re reached a point, you know, and I also often speak about the ASCE report card really created that framework about um, C ratings or lower. And people often say, if your child came home with a C rating, would you be happy? And, and it was an effort to normalize what, what's actually happening with infrastructure in the United States. The beauty of the three of our groups um, partnering in this, and we have history of partnering on, on other very important pro, um, projects, but uh, Linda and I were speaking about a year ago, and I said, we've got great awards, but we're presenting our awards in to an audience of people who actually understand infrastructure. Uh, and so everyone's excited in that room, but we also wanted to make it much more public. And so uh, ASCE ha has great OPAL awards as well. We have awards, ACEC has awards. And we, we thought, what better way of highlighting really great partnerships with the public and private sector creating infrastructure and showing Congress uh, that a lot of really great infrastructure projects have been happening. And with the new infusion of money, uh, we, we can really create create amazing things as well as repair old infrastructure. You know, Linda, I want to bring it back to you because, uh, you know, Scott mentioned audiences mm -hmm. and who we're actually speaking to. And that's mm -hmm. something I know you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. Who are the core audiences that you want to reach yeah. with this effort? So um, first, I, I want to add on to something that uh, Scott was just saying about this partnership and kind of, you know, why it's unique. And I agree with absolutely everything he said. One thing that I would add is that if you look at our individual organizations, ACEC represents the business of engineering, right, the firms. And then Tom's group, the American Society of Civil Engineers, represents the individual engineer. 
And then Scott's group represents the client. Mm -hmm. um, we all have engineering in common and we all are in the built environment to some extent, but you know, we all kind of bring our own unique perspective and our own unique kind of membership bent to the table. So I think that's one of the things that makes this coalition uh, so powerful. When we look at audiences, I think we also need to look at outcomes. Um, for me, the audience is first and foremost, the audience is the public, the public at large. And we're all part of that audience, right? Whether you are, you're a legislator or you're an engineering firm leader or you're an engineer, we're all, we're all part of the public. And so we're trying to shift public sentiment. Our conduit for that is the media. Mm -hmm. So we are trying to gain a lot of media attention to get out to the public. But then if you look more specifically, the, there's really, um, I'd say, three target audiences that we're going after. One is policymakers, whether they're legislators or um, you know, regulators at the state, local level, um, federal level. And then we're also looking at uh, the next generation, mm -hmm. right? Because um, we want the next generation to be excited about joining our workforce. Mm -hmm. We don't want them to be running off to software engineering yeah. firms. We don't want Google to take all the engineering class, but which by the way is limited, mm -hmm. you know, to start with. We have so many engineers that we train in this country that come from foreign countries and then go back to their country to do the work. So, you know, we are challenged. The talent pipeline is really our weakest link right now because of its fragility. So we need to make sure that future engineers are excited about coming to work for our firms. And then, um, you know, I, I would say finally, it's the clients, right? Because um, so often engineers are having to defend their work in these mega projects. And sometimes the engineering uh, paycheck is 10% of the overall project. But guess what? If that 10% wasn't done well, mm -hmm. the whole project fails. Yep. And that's critically important for people to recognize. It needs to be done right. And engineering's the link for that. So um, our clients need to respect mm -hmm. the work that we do. And they need to value us in a way that we are fairly compensated. And frankly, then the next generation is going to be better compensated than the engineers of today. So it really is all linked. We, yeah. we, need to we need to capture the hearts and minds of the media, of the public, of our clients, of policymakers, um, and the next generation. Yeah. It really is both ends of the life cycle. It's, it's the work that goes in in the beginning of the project, like you said, you know, it might be 10% of the total project cost, but it is a critical 10% because it really defines the success long-term. And then of course the public works um, professionals who then extend the lifespan and the life and, and continue that the successful infrastructure into the future so that it stays and, and it benefits those those communities. Uh, you know, Scott, I, I, I want to go back to you real quick and I want to kind of do a broad question here and 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 kind of just what in your mind does success look like for this effort? And I also want to go to Tom on this question, but, but Scott, let's start with you. You know, we it, it's a big endeavor, but what, what does success look like? So I would say that uh, I, I was at a governor's meeting a couple of year, years ago, and there was a round table discussion about infrastructure. And, and I said, I was so excited because even my mother-in-law, when she read the newspaper, saw the word infrastructure and said, don't you work in that stuff? And, and, and so when public works, when engineering, when infrastructure 
becomes a household word and people are speaking about it, then, then we've hit a home run, I think. I also think that we're, we're speaking about something which is called asset management. It's not just about creating uh, new shiny infrastructure. To your point, Jeff, um, pu Public Works maintains current infrastructure. And I think the dynamic between uh, state and local elected leaders that, that manage infrastructure, local and state infrastructure projects, the dynamic there is that there's not always the foresight of putting enough money in the budget for the maintenance of the, the infrastructure. So I think that that's a really in, important point. And Tom, what's your thought about that? Yeah, I, I certainly agree. You know, I think if you look at what is success, I mean, if we have infrastructure that is efficient and safe, sustainable, resilient, innovative, forward-looking, future-ready, uh, ready, you know, going to serve our generation, but also next generations, uh, it's going to be harmonized with the environment. Um, it's going to solve, you know, I mean, the, the, the engineers of, of today are solving these critical challenges for tomorrow. You look at the sustainable development goals and all the challenges that the country faces, but also the planet. I mean, success is a highly functioning infrastructure. Uh, and in order to do that, we need to ensure that we have the best and brightest, you know, minds in, this, in, this, in the engineering profession and public works as well. And so that's, you know, reaching into the different audiences that Linda was referring to, certainly going into the pipeline and going reaching into K through 12. You know, we've, we, we, we've got to make sure that folks understand just the impact that you can have in this profession and how, it, how critical it is, or you want to apply the best minds and technology to solving the world's issues, well, the infrastructure systems that have to harmonize with nature are the key to doing that. So success is a, is a highly functioning, resilient, sustainable, efficient, safe infrastructure system that serves uh, our civilization and our communities. Uh, and again, without uh, that, that includes current and future generations. And now, Linda, I know I, you know, a lot of those aspects or things that we really care about, of course, especially with, with our members. Um, you know, how important is it for our, our members to, you know, become active in this and, and really want to kind of have their projects spotlighted because the work that they do to, you know, that right. the, the resiliency, the future leaning, all these things that are that are very future forward and, and, and attractive to that cohort of people who might be looking at Google, might be looking at you know, the, the, the Silicon Valley, you know, convince them to come over to our side of the fence and, and do the work because it's, it's, it, it, you can change the world and still really be forward leaning. Yeah, I think the visible images are, mm. are a really important um, selling point of the work that we do in engineering. And mm. as, you know, my colleagues have suggested, we all have um, uh, some version of Engineering Excellence Awards. Mm. And um, we all have great visuals of the impact that this profession is making. So, and, and we also know that more and more um, consumers of information are becoming more visual and the next generation is more visible, you know, with their phones at the ready, right? So we need to make sure that we're getting out in front with some really impactful projects. And we started off with um, an event at the Port of Long Beach with a project that was designed by WSP. It was a, a gateway bridge for a lot of um, 
commerce going, uh, international commerce, mm -hmm. frankly. And it was during the holiday season. It was the kind of the kickoff of the Christmas the holiday Christmas holiday season, um, and we ended up with a huge turnout. Uh, WSP was there to host along with us. We had FHWA there with us. We had the executives from the port, a lot of people that were interested. And it was a beautiful bridge. The redesign was so well done. Um, sustainability, resilience, all the factors, the harmonization with the environment, all of that was built into uh, the project. And we were very fortunate. And I think um, Tom and Scott have both claimed credit for this. But I know very well, Jeff, that it was probably you that planned it. We had that huge container yeah. ship come by our press event just at the right time. Yeah, and it really- so, Only so lucky. Only so lucky. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you take credit for it. But it really was fabulous because that was the physical representation of the mm -hmm. commerce that this port facilitates on a daily basis yeah. and the kind of traffic that's going across that bridge that wouldn't be possible if it weren't for engineering innovation and design. Yeah, I, you know, Scott and Tom, I want to go back to you on that because, you know, thank you for coming out to, to the Port of Long Beach uh, in November. Uh, what were your thoughts on that event and kind of as the model for the next event? And Tom, we'll start with you because, Scott, I want you to talk about what's coming up next uh, for the roadshow. So, Tom, if you want to recap your kind of thoughts on, uh, on that kickoff event that we had on Cyber Monday. Yeah, well, it was. I thought it was a tremendous success, and it did exactly what we need to do: is and highlight the importance of our infrastructure to not just speak to ourselves, but to get it out there more broadly. And we got some great media coverage, and that got the the message out to the public on the importance of our infrastructure. That was a perfect project because it highlights, you know, the supply chain issues that we've had. And you look at the amount of, you know, the of, of the nation's cargo. I think it's like 15 percent of our imported waterborne cargo was going over that bridge, um, and and. Of, and and, those, and of course, the Port of Long Beach and Los Angeles, how important they are to the to the nation's supply chain. So I thought it was, and also it's a beautiful bridge, this beautiful cable-stayed bridge that's now been elevated so it can handle the post-Panamax ships. Uh, there was some real significant engineering that went into it with some you know seismic design, and uh, it, it really checked all the boxes so that people really high, it really highlighted the importance of our infrastructure. A beautiful visual, as you mentioned, uh, not, not only with the bridge, but the container ships. Um, so it was, it, it highlighted exactly what we needed to do. It's been frustrating that, you know, you, we watch the Grammy Awards and the Academy Awards, and it's great that we celebrate movies and music. But, you know, we are, you know, with our own uh, members, each of our organizations are celebrating our heroes. And these are projects and people that do unbelievable things that, are, that we rely on for our quality of life and for life itself in this country. And unfortunately, it's harder to get that message out. And that's where I think we had some pretty good success doing this, and we're really just getting started. I would, I would say that a lot of times, you know, the, the, the one thing that we should take credit for is sometimes those award shows are actually put on in facilities <laughs> that won awards for uh, one of some of our organizations. For example, the Super Bowl coming up is going to be played at an Engineering Excellence Award winner in 20, 2008, a grand-winning uh, stadium. So there's a plug for uh, engineering and, and, and the Super Bowl coming up. But uh, Scott, uh, give us a kind of rundown of what you thought and then what, what's ahead for uh, the roadshow coming up? Sure, thanks. And um, so for the next stop, 
Tom, we'll make sure that we have a red carpet, just like at the Oscars, uh, and and we'll we'll have lots of stars there. Um, one one follow up on the Long Beach stop. Uh, what also struck me was I met met a lot of people out there who were members of all three of our groups. So individual people were members of ACEC, ASCE, and AMPWA. And, and, and that was really illustrative of our partnership because each of our groups provide something slightly different, and yet we're, we're all able to work with, with one another. To that end, as we started this roadshow project, we created a big Excel spreadsheet of all of our awards and saw where the overlap was. Um, and, and in as much as possible, uh, each, each of our stops will try to include projects that, that awards were given from each of our groups. The next stop will be the Main Street Station uh, shed in R Richmond, which was um, actually a historical preservation project. And uh, we provided the pro Project of the Year Award for this. But the be beauty of it is it does a lot of things, um, both in the transportation world, but also help helping to bring out community as well. And I'd, I'd, I'd rather not give away a lot <clears throat> about what, what it is, because anyone uh, who hears this podcast or watches it, we, we want you to stop by. But our, our hope is we'll be riding down on Amtrak train and, and arriving at the station there and then have a press conference and speak about what an amazing project this is. This will all happen on Friday, March 24th in the morning. And I'm sure all, all of our websites will post the who, what, where, and when. And there, there is also a Roadshow website. Isn't that right, Jeff? No, thanks for the plug, Scott, because uh, we do have that website, infrastructureroadshow.org. Uh, and uh, the event is in March is going to be live streamed on that website. And actually, you can go on the website right now and take a look at the live stream that we uh, had at the Long Beach event. And uh, again, we're looking forward to a fantastic event in late March down at uh, Main Street Station in Richmond. And uh, very, very happy to, to have that in the books. And we're planning for uh, future events in 2023 right now. Um, I do, before we wrap up, want to make, uh, I don't want to date stamp the podcast too much, but this is the week of the State of the Union. And we fully expect the president to come out and talk about past successes, of course, the Inflation Reduction Act and the bipartisan infrastructure law. But I want to kick it over to uh, Tom first. And I want to ask, you know, really, what do you hope the president does mention uh, during his address this week? Well, I, I hope he celebrates the successes uh, of the past year. I mean, we've had some you know, historic investment in infrastructure and, and sustainability and resilience. Uh, and so that's, that's great. Uh, but I also hope he keeps the pressure on to continue to invest and continue to, you know, uh, in, our, in our country uh, through engineering and public works and our, and our nation's infrastructure. So I think it should be something that should be celebrated as a success, but it's also a start uh, and, and not an end of this uh, long journey. Scott, what do you want to hear? Well, um, everything that... 
Tom said, I agree with. One, one of the issues that, that we're hearing out in the public among our pu public works group is that they, they're very excited about the money, but in large part, they haven't seen it yet. And so, um, you know, I, I hope he says the money's on its way. We, we know that a lot of the federal agencies are also having workforce shortages as well. And, and that they're, they're actually understaffed right now to administer the money that, that was approved. And so, um, you know, I hope, hope it's a positive speech about the money is on its way. <laughs> um, no, this is, I, I thank you. I want to, I want to thank each and every one of you for taking the time today to join us for the podcast. It's, uh, you know, all have busy schedules. So getting everybody together was, uh, was a, was a special treat. And I do, uh, encourage everyone to check out infrastructureroadshow.org, uh, for our past events and to get an idea of where we're going to be going next. Of course, Richmond coming up in March. And again, uh, thank you, Tom Smith. Thank you, Scott Grayson. And thank you, uh, Linda Bauer-Dar for joining us uh, for today's podcast. Again, this has been Engineering Influence, a podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies, and we will see you next time. <laughs>